support this podcast at patreon.com forward slash Chris Kyle Photography Podcast. to sort of YouTube and film and, and the different locations that you're based out of. Let's probably just start off with how you started in photography. What was it made you first pick up a camera and how old were you actually at the time? So basically I studied graphic design. That's my like educational background as such. Um, and I really just picked up a camera to kind of, I'd say, complement my design. Um, I didn't want to be buying stock imagery and stuff like that. So I got a camera to kind of, yeah, create the imagery so I didn't have to do that. And after a while, people, I, I grew up in South London, so people started to kind of catch on to what I was doing. And I started attending events uh, like hip hop and grime events and stuff like that um, around London. And it kind of grew from there, really, really organically. And then from there, how did you end up photographing specifically people? Because obviously, that it usually takes people quite a lot of nerve. I think maybe more men than women, but it takes quite a lot of nerve to start photographing people because you're kind of putting yourself out there. How did that begin? Um, so like I said, I was shooting events and stuff like that, doing behind the scenes kind of things at different events around London. Um, and really I was just like stealing like people out of scenarios where they're behind the scenes and taking, taking their portrait whilst we were at events. And um from then people kind of wanted to hire me to take their portraits and it just kind of happened really organically. I worked in music primarily for a really long time um, before I moved into fashion. Well, let's, let's go down the line of music then. Um, I think you've got some absolutely awesome uh, live music images. Um, what's the key to, to taking great live music shots? Um, oh, that's a difficult one. I think... Knowing how to use your camera is very important when you're shooting live music because the settings can be quite difficult. And that's something I struggled for a really long time with um, because of the low light and there's a lot of movement, of course, and like finding that balance between your shutter speed and and your um, ISO and not trying to bring too much grain into the image. Um, I think knowing your settings is really important. But other than that, I feel like I just take a lot of photos and try and be in the moment as much as I can and look out for those kind of, I, I kind of look out for those human interaction moments. So whether that's between the people on the stage or the people on the stage in the audience, uh, that's kind of my style. Is it um, important for you to sort of have an interest in the style of music that you're photographing so that you kind of get the, the feel of the rise and the fall of when things are going to pick up and when there are big mm. crescendos coming? Yeah, no, I, I think it probably is. I don't think it's essential, but I think it's important. Um, I think as well, like if you're trying to convey an atmosphere atmosphere within your imagery and you're not really engaged with the atmosphere, then it's going to be difficult to try and convey that. And then jumping from there to your portraits, um, something that I'm always fascinated by because I don't think a lot of people do it, but how would you describe your portrait style? Oh, I don't know. That's a difficult one. Um, I think I think my, my portrait style is quite candid, I guess. Um, at least in the way I shoot, it's very personable. I don't, I, I like to have a conversation. I like to kind of be talking and, and like walking or something as we shoot. I don't really like the kind of clinical setup. I guess that's why I don't do too much studio work. Um, right. And then from there, like 
the fact that you, I've seen you shooting film, do you find that you shoot people differently on film compared to shooting digitally? Yeah. So when I shoot film, I usually always start with dig- digitally just to warm myself up and warm them up and kind of break the ice. Um, I'm sure if, if you've shot film before, you know, that's a bit of a longer process. So mm-hmm. going straight in with shooting film can be a bit kind of awkward sometimes. So it, I kind of bring that in later on in the shoot. When you're starting off with digital, is the intention that that is just kind of um, just to get you warmed up or are those images also potentially in the mix to be used? Uh, the the intention is to, to warm us both up, but sometimes those images are used. Um, it just really depends on, on the shoot. What was it that led you to start shooting film in the first place? I, I always wanted to shoot film, but I had, I had it in my head that it was this really complicated and complex thing that I just wouldn't be able to grasp. Um, so I put it off for a long time. And then I started shooting 35mm, um, taking it to events and stuff like that, but not really having much control over the camera. So just shooting like point and shoot stuff. Um, and it was about October last year that I decided to dive into medium format, which is something I've wanted to do for a really long time. And it, it's definitely a, a um, learning curve for me, but I'm loving how it's it really makes you slow down and um, think about what you're kind of what you're shooting a lot more. And, and I think compared to shooting digitally, when, when you're shooting digital all the time and it can kind of be very easy to get caught up with it and not really remember why you enjoy everything. It kind of like you turn up, you do your job, you go home. Whereas with film, you're, you're kind of forced to take that moment to, to think about things a bit more. Right. Is it the case that you, um, obviously the, the process is slower. I've been shooting film myself now for a little while, but do, do you find that the actual end product is different between digital and film? Do you find that you're getting more, um, more differences between the actual final image? I guess my film portraits are less dynamic because there's a lot of like slowing down. Like I said, like it's more of an intimate portrait than it is kind of when I shoot digitally, I, I like to have a bit of movement or something like that. But with film, it's it's kind of the opposite. I I kind of prefer having like close cropped, more intimate portraits with film. And you're quite different from a lot of portrait photographers in the sense that um, it feels like most people that shoot portraits just photograph women. Um, something I find quite frustrating because I like seeing um, portraits of men. I think they can be fantastic portrait subjects. And I feel like they're kind of ignored for all the wrong reasons. Do you do you work differently in a directorial sense when you're working with men compared to women? Um, probably. I actually think that men kind of require less direction sometimes, um, right. or more basic direction, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. Like for a long time, I didn't shoot. Uh, I didn't shoot photos of of men for a long time because I felt like, similarly to film, I felt like I'd made up in my head that it would be like more difficult than it was. Uh, because like you say, it's, it's not very often you do see portraits of men. Um, but I think, I think now I find it easier <laughs> than shooting portraits of women. No, absolutely. I think that like, um, quite often you can get, I think if you get a male subject that is a little bit disconnected from what you're doing, it can still look great in pictures, but sometimes with, with, I don't know what the exact reason would be, but with sometimes with female subjects, when they're just not as interested, it really shows up more in the image. Absolutely. Yeah. Guys can just look moody when they're actually bored, which is kind of an interesting um, quality to have. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I always feel like men don't need to really do anything kind of thing. Whereas if you just had a woman stand there and not really do anything, it kind of <laughs> looks a bit wooden. Yeah, 
hundred percent. Um, you do commercial photography. Um, one thing I'm always fascinated by is, do you have like a sort of a self-imposed set of rules on companies that you wouldn't, wouldn't work for in terms of like a moral stance, companies that do things that you wouldn't morally agree with? Oh yeah, definitely. Like, um, you're not going to see me shooting anything for Shell anytime soon. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, no. Um, I think my, I guess my moral sense is, is very important to me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to work for a company that isn't in line with that. I'd feel a bit hypocritical. Um, I think a lot of my personal brand is kind of my interests. It's me. I think as a photographer, that's becoming more of a thing. And it wouldn't sit well with me to produce work that was kind of contrasting that. I think that's kind of something that's lost on a lot of people because they think there's a second that you get into earning money from something, all of that has to go out the window. In actual fact, I think it can be quite beneficial, not just in a moral sense, but people appreciate the fact that you're taking a little bit of a stand on something and mm -hmm. they're more likely to kind of stand with you on it, which is which is usually pretty helpful. Absolutely. And, and at the end of the day, you want to create work that you want to create. So if you can kind of create those boundaries, then you'll attract the work that you want rather than the work that you don't want to want to do. Um, in terms of your website, I was having a, a little look for your website this last week. And I noticed that you're, um, you're, you put quite a lot of emphasis on personal projects. And I was just curious to know what, what it is about personal projects that you think is, I guess, beneficial to you. I think when you do something that you love as your job, it's really important to make sure you still love it at the end of the day. And I think when you get caught up with doing commercial projects and you're working with clients and you're doing all your contracts and you're invoicing and it can get kind of... I don't know, like metonymous and a bit, a bit stagnant. And I think it's important to do projects that you're passionate about to kind of keep that spark alive, I guess, and remind yourself why it is that you're doing what you're doing. I mean, you, you've got um, a, what I think is a really cool personal project. And I mean, they're, bo they're both of the ones that's on your website are cool, but I really took quite an interest in your um, in focus project. And rather than me, completely botch it by explaining it from the wrong perspective. Um, what is the InFocus project? So InFocus is a project that I've just started, actually. I haven't launched it properly. It's just um, it's just, just started like this month. Um, and it was basically, it is basically a project where I'm paying attention to the people that I'm shooting with, I guess, um, and trying to tell their story. So it's a video project as well. And video videography is something that I'm trying to get into a bit more. So it's kind of a project for me to be able to expand my skills, but in a way that is really putting a spotlight on, on the people that I'm working with. A lot of people are pushing from photography over to videography. What is mm -hmm. it that's pushing you in that direction? It's just always good to diversify your skill set, I guess. Um, I like, I've always been a big fan of, of film, of movies and stuff like that. And to be able to try and emulate that or move into that slightly is something that I definitely want to do. I think, I think moving image can be really powerful. And um, yeah, I'm nowhere near to the standard that I want to be, but I'm hoping to get there someday. And I found you initially, um, thanks to the YouTube algorithm, finally throwing something out that wasn't the same <laughs> three or four people that are advertising Squarespace. Why is it that you do YouTube? So initially YouTube was just like my way of diversifying kind of my online presence. Um, I, a worry that I have often is that, you know, Instagram's going to collapse one day and 
that's where I get all my work and um, no one's going to be able to find me again. So initially that's what, what it was. I was trying to diversify like my presence online. But now I feel like not only is it a good way to kind of document my journey and, and what I'm doing and look back and see how I'm improving, but I get a lot of messages saying that, that people are finding value in my content. And I think that's really special to hear that people are finding my content useful and it makes me want to continue kind of, kind of creating that. I'm going to stick a pin in Instagram for a second because I feel like we'll go back to that in a minute. But sticking with YouTube, um, one thing I noticed with your channel is that you're quite open about when things don't work out, which doesn't seem to be a particularly common theme with YouTubers in the photographic sense generally. Um, I actually think it's a really refreshing thing. And I think it's nice to see someone being honest about not just being perfect at everything that they do. Um, what was the what was the reasoning behind you being so honest as opposed to what most people do now with social media, which is to always try and paint themselves in a wonderful liar? Um, I think it never really occurred me to occurred to me to not be honest. I think me being honest and saying, I don't know how to do this and I need help, it's gonna be beneficial to me because I'll be able to get the help that I need. I can open those discussions up and learn and improve. And hopefully if someone comes into my video and they're having a similar issue, then maybe the comment section can help them out with the same issue or, or something like that. And, um, and again, like I said about documenting my journey, like I'm hoping in, in a few years time, I can look back and, and really appreciate how far I've kind of come. Is, is YouTube something that's going to sort of direct the way that you photograph or is it a case that you're just documenting what you're doing with photography? Because I feel like a lot of people that get into, um, into YouTube switch up their style quite a bit to suit sort of a YouTube market. Is the case with you more that you want to continue doing what you're doing and improve at it and just document it for YouTube? Oh yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't feel like my content is going to change. Um, because of YouTube, it might change over time just because I'm changing, but I don't think that will be down to YouTube. I think, um, hopefully what I do now, people are interested in kind of seeing and learning about, and I do take a lot of like behind the scenes footage and stuff like that, um, to put on my YouTube in hopes that it will kind of inspire or help, help someone. But, um, yeah, no, I, I don't think my style really is. It's not set to change anyway. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to keep working in the same way that I do. And sort of doubling back now onto Instagram, I mean, you've mentioned that there's the potential there for that bubble to burst. And I think a lot of people have put all of their eggs in that basket. Um, do you think overall, from your perspective, I guess, do you think Instagram has been positive for photography in general? In general? Um, I think that it's, there's been positive aspects and there's been negative aspects. I think that Instagram has made photography, especially as a career, a lot more accessible. Um, for me, it's been a massive part of me being able to make photography in my career. I get maybe 80% of my work through my Instagram. Um, but that being said, I do think it has instilled a sense of competition that maybe wasn't as rife before. Um, and a sense of maybe rush rushness i guess and um, like putting out work for the sake of content um rather than than putting out work because it's kind of work you love or like art i guess i think the way that it tends to fall down is when you get people that focus either on like numbers of followers as being like an indicator of success and i think the other side of it is um like you say that that push to constantly have something new to put out leads people to just 
be constantly cycling and not really taking time to look at the work that they're producing and and I don't know, kind of just take stock of where they've ended up. I I, I worry a little bit that it's going to be um, it's going to have been a bit of an oil slick in terms of progression with photography because it's, it seems to be sort of divided into two negative groups. And I tend to be a pessimist, so I'll talk about the two negative sides. But one is the side that seems to be entirely gear-focused, and then the other side is is the side that seems to be... Um, I've got to try and think how to phrase this, but kind of relying on sexual imagery to to make followers. Yeah, yeah. No, I see that. Another thing that um, I read like a quote not that long ago and it was say it was like a tweet or something and it said, do you only shoot portrait like, like orientation for Instagram? And I think that's interesting as well. Like why nowadays do most portrait photographers shoot in portrait orientation? Right? Is that because it fits the, the Instagram format better? Um, and right. I think that's an interesting point of view as well. Like are we creating content for Instagram rather than creating work for ourselves or, or to the best of our ability, because that's what we've been hired to do. That's, that's a really good point. I actually never really thought about it that way, but that's a really good point. Um, in terms of yourself, um, who is it that inspires you uh, to shoot? Do you have favorite photographers and so on? Oh yeah, I have, I have endless lists of favorite photographers. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of photographers, especially at the moment. I'm really into, um, like, because I'm learning more about film, there's a lot of film photographers that inspire me. Um, Rosie Matheson, James Parrott, Vincent Perry, they're all amazing film photographers. Um, and then, yeah, there's, there's a lot of photographers. Mark Lennon is a really good editorial photographer. Um, and I think they're the photographers that I like. Like, you know, when you see their work, you're like, oh, this is great. Like, I want to I want to see more of their work. I want to consume more of it. Um, but the list is always evolving. It's never ending, really. I didn't really want to bring this up because I feel like it's probably something um, that you've had way too much of. I think this is a really common problem, but I want to kind of bring it up in a way that hopefully starts to defer this kind of opinion. But do you ever find yourself getting reacted to as a female as opposed to a photographer? Because I feel like this day and age, everything seems to be a reaction to someone's subset group as opposed to just who they are as a person. Do you ever find negative or positive reactions that you're a female photographer as opposed to just being a photographer? Yeah. Um, I guess when it comes, when it comes to that, I feel like I don't know if I read into things too much. I don't know if that makes sense. So maybe something happens and it has nothing to do with the fact that I'm a woman, but I, I kind of feel like, Oh, maybe that is because I'm a woman. So, um, but like, it might just be like, I've got a bit of a chip on my shoulder. Like sometimes when I, when someone asks me what I do as a job and I say I'm a photographer and I'm 21, so I'm a young woman and I kind of feel like people don't take me seriously as if like, oh yeah, sure. You're a photographer. Like, and what they right. really think is, oh, you, you don't really have a job. You just take photos on the side kind of thing. But you know, yeah. that's, that's probably my insecurity rather than <clears throat> what other people actually think. Um, I guess, um, you try to not let it define you, I guess. Um, but, but yeah, no, I haven't had too many negative experiences. It's probably all in my head, the experiences I have had. Well, I, I joined, um, I joined a camera club last year as a sort of a social experiment. My mum was a member of a camera club about 20 years ago and had pretty much consistently negative, um, things going on. And, um, I mean, it wasn't even hard to read between the lines. There were just outright comments about the fact that she was a woman. Um, 
and I joined it not specifically just for like that that kind of um, that kind of reason, but just to see is this something that's even particularly positive or necessary anymore um, for photographers. I work in photography, and these are people that are almost assigning themselves the position of directing people that are wanting to get into photography. Is it something that's even beneficial? And I, I have to say, like the amount of um, either. Uh, derogatory comments towards people under the age of sort of 30 or maybe even under the age of 40, just not knowing what they're doing or not even being worth an opinion. Um, and I actually did see a fair amount of like almost, um, what I would call, um, good for you sexism, where it's like a woman does something and you get someone go, Oh, good for you. As if it's like they're patting you on the head. Yeah, no, I hadn't, I've had it before when I've been at weddings, like a shoot weddings as well. Um, and I've had men make comments like um, I had one told tell me that they used to do real photography. I don't know what they meant by that, but um, stuff like that, like kind of patronising me a little bit. Um, but again, that might just be that might not be because I'm a woman. It might it might not be. Uh, one thing that I do find though is that there is a lack of representation in the industry. Definitely, um, as a wedding photographer, it's very rare that I come across a videographer that is a woman. Um, it's very rare that I work on a commercial event and there's other women. Um, I do think that that's still an issue. It's not necessarily a lack of females in the industry. It's a lack of females in more commercial positions, I guess. Right. So it's, it's there's almost like a gatekeeper situation where they're there and ready to work, but the jobs just aren't being made available to them. Yes, absolutely. And I think the same with uh, people of colour as well. Um, I know a lot of black and um, people of colour who um, create amazing imagery, but again, they're not there when you turn up to the jobs. They're not being given those jobs. In terms of wedding photography, really quickly, I mean, I, I work in the industry and, um, and obviously so do you. What is it that, that started you off with weddings? Um, with weddings, I was I was asked to do a wedding, um, and I really had no idea what I was letting myself into. Um, huh. And then ever since then, I, I kind of feel like my style was kind of found when I started doing weddings. At first, I didn't think it was going to be something for me because I was primarily working in kind of um, UK rap and like urban scenes, and um, I didn't really know how my style would translate into a wedding scenario. Um, but once I did my first one, I found, I kind of found a more like whole style, I guess, like a more well-rounded style. Um, and yeah, my, I always say my favorite part of the, of a wedding is, is the end when you, when you get to see the photos. Um, cause I, I'm sure you'll know that weddings can be pretty stressful to work, but, um, yeah, yeah when you, when I get home and I've, I've edited the photos and I'm delivering them and, and getting that feedback at the end, I think that's really uh, what you do it for and, and of course like if you if you get on with a couple really well and you get to enjoy the, the day and the night and that's always a bonus as well i mean it's a hard subject to talk shop over because a lot of people don't want to talk about um maybe the negative side of things because they don't want to come across as if they don't enjoy the job or they don't want to talk mm-hmm. bad about previous clients um which is completely fair enough what is it that um what is it that you do if you have a if you okay so if you have a client that's particularly um stressed themselves or they're not particularly easy to work with they're not very malleable um how do you get through that because obviously um definitely not wanting to pander i'm 31 years old so i'm significantly older than you but i think i'm quite young in the photography game generally speaking obviously you're you're making me look like an old man but 
how do you how do you bring that couple round um, to be on your side when maybe they're not? And I think, like you say, we've all been there when they haven't been on your side. Yeah, um, I think like in terms of when you're actually planning for the day, having a really clear kind of idea of what you need to do and where you need to be is important. Um, I don't want to stress the couple out unnecessarily on the day. So I think me kind of, you know, being in the background as much as I can, especially in the preparation stages where they're, um, they're prone to being a little bit more stressed, um, is important kind of taking a backseat and just doing what I need to do kind of thing, doing my job as efficiently as possible. Um, and I think being flexible and working with it, like there's been scenarios where you, as, as a photographer, you end up having to do things that aren't really your job, but you do it because it's, it's helping the, the day go, go a bit smoother like running errands or I've had to help sew a bridesmaid into a dress once on a split. Um, right. like, like things like that. And I think just being flexible and, and just being not making their day any harder, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, do you know what the, the extracurricular stuff, you know, we've, I've been there when I've been running flowers around, I've yeah. helped uh, move wedding cakes and things like that. And I've, I've had, um, videographers or I've had uh, other members of like sort of the, the working team on a wedding day be like, well, I wouldn't do that because that's not part of my job. And I always find that a fascinating way of looking at it because you just make yourself look like a bit of a dick and you're not going to win any friends acting like that. Absolutely. And you know, if you can help their day go a bit smoother, it's going to make your job a lot easier anyway. Um, so yeah, if I can help, help out in setting things up or, or, you know, changing rooms about or something where I'm not really needed to be taking photos at that point, then of course I'm going to offer, I'm, I'm going to offer to do that. Something that I think gets lost quite often, um, I think has always been lost is, uh, people talking down. So, um, someone who is 50 years old, giving advice to someone that's 20 years old. Well, obviously there's been 30 years since they were in that position, which means there's been 30 years of like moral standards, changing working practices, changing technological advances. There's loads of differences that come up and quite often it's helpful to have someone that's in an age bracket, give advice to other people in that age bracket about something that they're doing well at. I think you're an absolutely wonderful photographer. I really, really enjoy your work. What advice would you give to people that are in your sort of age bracket who are considering getting into photography or considering making a go of it? Um, I think I always kind of give two bits of advice. One being like, just keep practicing. Like there's never, you're never going to kind of know everything. And I think when you're talking about visual arts of any medium, it's constantly evolving. So there's always going to be something you can kind of improve on. Um, and the other thing is I think networking is really important kind of having not necessarily having a team but knowing people and being able to kind of bounce ideas off of people or rely on people um, I think it's unfortunately the industry is still very much who you know and not what you know so if you can kind of get to know as many people as possible then that's always going to put you in good stead I tend to like asking at least one frustratingly broad question on these, um, which can draw out an interesting answer. And it's something that you absolutely could not have planned for, which is always wonderful for me. Um, In this case, I want to ask you, what is your worst habit as a photographer? My worst habit? Ooh. Um, Oh, I don't know. That's a a good one. Uh, Habit, like, like, can you give me an example of like a bad habit? Well, my, probably my worst habit is undershooting. So I got into this position where I was, I was very confident in the sense of 
I knew my compositions for a portrait shoot and I knew how to work through a working portrait shoot. But then what I would do is I would go in and I'd be like, okay, I've got that, that set up covered, that set up covered, that set up covered, I'm done. And when I go back, it's like, well, maybe I didn't let it kind of flesh itself out and the expression's not quite there. So I was kind of almost rushing the shooting side of things. And I feel like it was just to look good as a photographer to, to the subject that I was like competent, which actually didn't benefit me in any way whatsoever. Right, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I guess I'm not a very patient person. Um, that's something I've definitely had to work on as being a photographer. Um, I think there's definitely been times where I've edited a shoot really quickly and then gone back and thought, you know, I could have done that so much better. I just needed to take a little bit more time. Or um, like, especially starting doing film and stuff, that's something that's really had to test my patience, even the process of taking the photo and then the process of getting them back. Um, that's something that, you know, I'm, I, I am that person that will pay like a stupid amount just to get the film back on the same day because I have no patience. Um, so that's definitely something I could work on. It's been amazing to talk to you. What I always like to make sure with these is that people know where they can go and find all of your work. So um, how can they find you on YouTube, Instagram and your website? Yeah, so my website is um, sophiacary.co.uk. Uh, my YouTube is Sophia Carey and Instagram and Twitter is Sophia J. Carey. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. No, it's been wonderful to talk to you. Thank you so much. Your work is incredible. I hope lots and lots of people find you. And um, whilst I don't always think that the numbers are indicative of someone's actual quality of work, I'd, I'd like to see as many people as possible find people like you that are producing really interesting um, and fantastic portraits. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. No worries. You have a great day. You too. Thank you so much.